Hello, 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 everyone, and welcome to Mandy's Chat Show. I hope you're all well. I do hope you have a nice cup of tea or a biscuit, or as we know, we're going down a healthy because we're getting prepared to go back out to the real world, and mm. we'll be eating healthy food like veg, you know, fruit and veg, things like that. But as I've always keep saying, I'm still keeping my tea and my cake. That's what I still enjoy. So today I've got a wonderful guest that I feel is overwhelmingly brave for me um, to be able to talk to this subject because of many people this is not a great subject to talk about today we're going to talk about mental health we're going to talk about living with it you know so we know all about what the procedures are and things like that we know what we need to do but sometimes we don't know what the after effect when we've done it how to live and how to move on because you do you still have to li- you still live you still have to live and move mm. on so i've got a beautiful guest on today um and i've heard her speak many times on many videos and She's very inspiring. So I'm going to let her, in her own words, introduce herself, and then we're going to, and then we talk about we talk about life. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm excited. <laughs> so hi, girl. Why don't you introduce yourself to my wonderful audience? Lovely. My name is Barry. Um, I you can find me at the face in the crowd on Instagram, mm-hmm. um, and I am a mental health advocate, and I started to try and speak out around mental health um, around three years ago when I received a diagnosis of bipolar disorder. Mm-hmm. And I looked around after my diagnosis to try and find positive examples of people living with the condition mm-hmm. um, and being able to like live a function in life. And everything I found when I searched like hashtag bipolar was um, quite negative imagery a lot of people saying how difficult it was to cope with and how you know it was this life sentence and I was like well this is cheery and I just desperately wanted to find examples of people that held down a job had Mm -hmm. healthy relationships had friendships because I had a strong belief that it was possible because my Mm. psychiatrist had told me that they believe I'd been living with the condition from age 11 and I was Mm. 30 just coming up for 31 when I was diagnosed so Mm. I was thinking well if I've been having these episodes for 20 years and managing them just because I've got a label on it now why does that need to be any different Mm -hmm. um so I decided to do my research do a lot of self-care a lot of reading and just share my story and try to be that face that people can be like oh yeah that well that girl has lots of friends or that girl has a good job or whatever Mm. and to just try and be an example of whether it's bipolar whether it's schizophrenia whether it's depression anxiety whatever mental illness you may suffer with life doesn't have to end with a diagnosis It, it can actually help you reinvent yourself and become a better version of yourself so yeah that's my introduction that was a long one I'm a no, no, it's cool it's great you know and I've never you know People, we're going to be chatting away, but people aren't going to know who you are, and I'm going to give you an opportunity to, to find that, you know. As you just mentioned a little bit in your introduction about your backstory, is that basically you, you know, you don't need to go to, I don't need to know about the procedure of you been finding out, because that procedure not being moved, everyone doesn't know about what you've got to do, you've got all the, so many doctors you've got, and, and so many tests, and there's, there's so much. But it's about, like, the journey from, like, underst- understanding you're different. Do you understand? Did you even yeah. know then when you were, like, 13 that, up to, you know for the last 20 you've been coping on your own without a without a name on it you know how was that yeah. journey up to there I think it's an interesting one because I think I always described myself as someone who just felt everything very deeply mm-hmm. and I knew from basic level conversations obviously as I said I was 11 so Mm. you're not having huge deep meaningfuls but I knew from base level conversations that I was having with my friends that I maybe thought about things much more deeply than they did and I seemed to get much more agitated than they did sometimes Mm. um so I, I knew that I was a bit different but you don't I also used to think well you don't know what's going on in somebody's head So I don't know if that person thinks the way I think, Mm -hmm. but they just don't talk about it the way that I do. Mm -hmm. And I also was quite a creative person. So I always did drama. I loved to do creative writing. I always sang. I was a performing arts brat. So (laughs) I I just, they loved that bit of performing arts brats. Like that's (laughs) 
I love to be the center of attention. I love to be on the stage or whatever. Okay, so okay. What? I can, what ball, What month? What? What month are you? Are you a Leo? Oh, is it a Leo? I'm an Aries. It's my birthday on Monday. Oh, um, wow. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, I'm 35 on Monday. So um, mm. yeah, I just basically thought that maybe I felt everything so deeply because I was a creative individual. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, to be honest, got labelled as a bit of a drama queen because because you did when, drama at school. because <laughs> yeah, I, I did a lot of dramatic performances, and then obviously when things happened, my reaction to them was not maybe what people expected because okay. now I know I can't regulate my my moods right um unless I use certain coping strategies but obviously age 11 age 13 age 15 age 19 whatever mm. when you start have bad news or have good news whatever it is that triggers that spiral it just appeared to people that I was naughty or I was overly emotional or I was you know, attention seeking. And I went through different stages, Mm -hmm. you know, 11 to like 16, I was just a naughty kid. Then teenage years, you know, she's just a teenager. She's Mm -hmm. stroppy. She's, it's her Mm -hmm. hormones. It's whatever. Then in my twenties, I was probably more frequently manic than I was depressed. Mm -hmm. So the higher end of the bipolar scale. So then I was just a party girl. Mm -hmm. And it's all these labels that we give people and they become normalized and family and friends enable those behaviors and don't question them because it was put down to, oh, that's just who she is. Nobody ever questioned any different mm. because that's how I'd always been because it was something from so early. Yeah. Um, so it wasn't until I got the diagnosis and started really looking into it and breaking it down. And then I was like, okay, so that behavior and those reactions weren't actually me not, you know, being a good person or mm-hmm. not, you know, be having morals or whatever. The stupid things people had said to me, that was mm. symptomatic of a very complex illness. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it, it took, a, took a lot of time to get my head around, really, because it made me question who was I, what was the illness, would mm-hmm. my life have been different if I was diagnosed earlier? Mm-hmm. Um, would I have made certain huge life-altering decisions if I hadn't have been... Like, I could look back at periods and be like, oh, that time when you did that, you were actually manic. Mm-hmm. So if you had been... On you got some examples, like just a, like a example then? Um, when you I, back I used to go out and have, like, huge shopping sprees. So, for example, I my flat flooded I bought a flat when I was 21 mm-hmm. and I think I was 23 when it flooded I went on holiday for two weeks and the upstairs flat had leaked into my flat so obviously very traumatic very stressful yeah um to come home everything was wrecked completely mm. like flooded ankle mm. deep in water and I got a, a large insurance payout to replace everything in the house um when that money came through I was manic, didn't know, didn't know that was such mm-hmm. a thing. Spent every penny of it on crap. Like, bought, bought loads of clothes, went uh, on, like, booked loads of holidays. Didn't really buy furniture. All the furniture I bought, I had to get a loan <laughs> to buy because I'd spent all the money. Wow, okay. And that's, mm-hmm. a, that's a huge thing with bipolar is manic spending. Mm-hmm. So not being able to manage your finances, getting yourself into lots of debt. I then went through a stage where I had an addiction to payday loans. So I had money in the bank, but I just kept getting payday loans because Mm. I think there was something in that, um, that extra money just coming all the time Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. applying for something, like applying for the credit and getting it. Like Mm. I got a real buzz from it. So I would get one like almost every week. And obviously they've got huge interest rates. So it was just, lots of a very unhealthy relationship with money yeah. throughout my 20s um got myself into a hell of a lot of debt mm-hmm. um had a real shopping addiction I just bought things for the sake of it not mm. even just for me 
or if I went out on a night out, I'd be buying like mm. rounds of drinks for strangers, like, oh yeah, here's a hundred pound, put it behind the bar kind of thing. It's mm, just yeah. having no, like, I had no boundaries at all. Like, was that no, affecting your relationships as well, though? Yes, a huge effect on my relationships. I picked terrible partners, mm. very um, narcissistic mm-hmm. partners, very um, essentially people who also needed saving. Mm. Um, so I have now identified for a long time, I had a little bit of a superhero complex. Because I'd felt so misunderstood for so long, and this was even before my diagnosis, I'd felt that people had misunderstood me for years. Mm -hmm. I then dated men who, to the outward world, were very confident, had, you know, they were very attractive, very confident, very, you know, quite often had all right jobs. Um, So they seemed fine, but Mm -hmm. I seemed to be able to, still pick the ones that actually needed help in that they had these underlying issues like I did and had problems with confidence really and were quite emotionally abusive and they wanted to date this confident smiley funny girl mm-hmm. but then as soon as they had me they didn't want anyone else to look at me they didn't want um me to be that outspoken Mm. flirty smiley Mm -hmm. you know girl that was on their arm they would rather have another girl out in the club and I would be at home and you know Mm. being told because I had that belief I had that other part of me Mm -hmm. I did yes did have this very overtly confident bravado woman Mm -hmm. which is obviously the hypermanic manic side of me but I still had these ingrained beliefs that I was worthless and that I deserved to die and all the things that come mm-hmm. with depression. And that's the thing with bipolar, you have those two extremes. So as soon as they saw those little cracks in the armour yeah. that was there in mm-hmm. then to be like, I remember there was one particular time I was dating a guy and he was at my house and I was getting ready to go out. He was just chilling mm-hmm. and watched me get ready. They like got me to the point where the taxi was outside. And just as I went to leave the house, he was like, oh, well, have a good night. Um, but you look like shit. Um, you, shouldn't, you shouldn't wear dresses like that, you too yeah. fat. Like, so he would wait until I was literally about to leave the house. So then I would be like, oh, okay, all night oh, I look horrible, I look mm-hmm. fat, like, mm-hmm. and I'm not, I never have been fat, I'm curvy, I'm, you know, I'm not a model, but I'm, I've always no. been about. And the thing is, though, let's just point on that bit, when people say about fat, I don't think, we, it, we, it's Well, really... we've all got fat, we yeah, are like... fat or not fat, you have fat, you're not fat, like. Yeah. You know, yeah, that's the thing of it, it's not, you know. <laughs> yeah, like. If it's fat in the right places, you're not complaining, are you, Sunshine? No. Like, so, so that, that's the thing. And yeah, definitely had a huge, went through a very long period of very toxic relationships. And I think part of that was because I didn't feel worthy of love mm. and took me a very long time to feel worthy of love. But also there was this element of me because of the bipolar and because of the intense emotions that come with a hypermanic or manic episode, I was a bit of a high chaser. Mm. So I wanted a relationship Mm. that gave me that passion, that gave me that like dramatic, I wanted everything to feel like uh, a film. Like I used to say- The honeymoon period. You always wanted the honeymoon period all the time. Yeah, I always wanted it to be, I was ripping each other's clothes off, arguing makeup makeup sex like I wanted that all of the time um which isn't sustainable and it's tiring for both sides tiring and I didn't I didn't also have the the confidence or the balls or or the the inner self-love to be able to stand up for myself when I was 
being treated like a doormat when I thought that they were cheating on me or they were taking them taking my money or doing the things that happen in you know abusive relationships I didn't I, I didn't believe that anybody else would want me so mm. I I kind of stayed with that mm. and yeah definitely for many years that it was like same same script different cast so it was a different man but the same Thanks, relationship yeah. essentially until I got to a point where I was like do you know what don't date for a few years just mm. like find out who you are find out what you want what you love about yourself and then find someone who adds to that rather yes, than but that's what everyone wants that as well and it's important there's no kind of question that came to me at the same time if you don't mind reflecting like when you were like young as well your parents together as well um... my parents um split up when I was 11 so you had that, that was... kind of bit of when you were saying um, just um a little bit as well as I know we can't just blame anything on mental on the mental health but it's part of the part of that mental health because some people might go um go through some of the stuff that you were saying like feeling not worthy not feeling that blah 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 yeah. but they might not be having extreme of a mental health illness does that make sense yeah as well? no definitely you um, had that other other event or trauma happen with your parents breaking up and that's another thing yeah. as well going yeah. on you know yeah like, that was a, and that was a huge thing and was yeah. probably and I've had this conversation with my parents that probably was the trigger that and the, the, the stress trauma that probably made the bipolar start to manifest because it was the same age I was 11 mm-hmm. when both mm-hmm. things happened so um it's there's so many different schools of thought they don't really know what causes bipolar mm-hmm. but one of them is that you've always had it but trauma brings it to fruition um so you know that could be an explanation in my case but then it is also like you're saying just having my parents splitting up and at that age as well that is the age when you're starting to form your opinions on men and Mm -hmm. you're starting to have these beliefs Mm -hmm. and I remember I always used to think oh you know men are gonna leave anyway so because of the experience that you had do you, want, you know what I mean so like if you had that you have to sometimes just to look back a little bit at the experience of what's happened yeah. and not be funny if your dad um you remember that split and your dad left the home is that yeah. also men always leave the home then that's what you're going to think so dad yeah. doesn't come back all the time or dad doesn't stick to the promises he has do you know what yeah. I mean just that it does sometimes affect your relationship when you're getting older as well of like oh, oh right so this behavior 100%. is normal because being re- you're yeah. reinforcing it when somebody's doing yeah same thing because you've attracted that same kind of thing because that's what you had when you know what I mean it's kind of reinforcing and then there's a point yeah no it's definitely stop no this is not you know stop someone someone's got to stop the the cycle at some point definitely you know yeah or something there's like you have choices and that's what came for you it just sounds like you know yeah and you're like like no (laughs) yeah I'm not putting up with this crap anymore no (laughs) yeah and I, and I think for me I think for, for us all we have to get to a point where we're like right enough is enough mm. and I think for me my diagnosis was that point because I was like right you now have a chance to to start again like and that's mm. that's how I had to see it I had an understanding of why I felt that I wanted to end my life so often mm. and it was almost like having my diagnosis gave me that those thoughts definitely are not real mm. they're not factual when you think those things it's your brain mm. imbalance that's making you think that your life's an awful piece of shit mm. excuse my language um so let's completely like put a different foundation in place so moving forward your life changes mm. um and I, I looked at everything I looked at like how much I drank I looked at you know my physical exercise Mm. what I ate my friendship circles my relationships obviously we've spoken about and I looked at everything as like an overall like Mm -hmm. holistic overall requirement Mm -hmm. because I just thought for me to to gain hold of this and to live a live the life that I want to live what do I need to do to get there Mm. and started that in place and it's been a long process and 
think lockdown's made it even harder but you know I'm here I'm smiling I'm Mm. speaking out like so so some people we talked about bipolar um just for some people who may be listening to this and might not know what it is I just thought like we better you know so explain just you know just in case because someone might be listening on okay they're going about this but they might not know but do you know what I mean so it's, yeah. It's tell, tell um, in your words that, and then everyone should sort of understand where we're. I know, but you know. Yeah, where everyone comes from. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that's yeah. fine. I try and keep it as brief as possible because mm. it's fairly. Complex. I know. Yeah. <laughs> um, but in the simplest of terms, um, if you can think of a mood scale of a normal person being like a normal quote unquote normal person, so a person without a diagnosis of a bipolar disorder, you might have a mood scale that's between zero to 10 mm-hmm. um and if you're 10 you're really really happy and if you're zero you're really sad a person with bipolar would probably have a further 10 after your 10 mm-hmm. and a, a further 10 lower than the 10 um so we basically experience mood swings that are very extreme so they go through from um, severe depression, um, mm-hmm. which will almost definitely involve thoughts of um, suicide, um, self-harm, those kind mm-hmm. of things. Um, and then it moves up through to hypomania, which mm-hmm. is being very excitable, very loud, potentially. Um, it's the more energetic mm-hmm. form of the mood switch. Um, swing and I used to think for ages it was always hyper and excitable and this but actually I now experience quite often hypermania and mania which is the more extreme okay version of mm-hmm. um it comes through in anger and I am the least angry person possible mm-hmm. like I hate confrontation I mm-hmm. hate arguments but when I'm in a hypermanic or manic episode so mm-hmm. that's anything above a 10 um I get very frustrated I can't sit still I like scream shout get very angry um that's one thing the Mm -hmm. the spending I was talking about earlier that's another thing um it's quite often people experience problems with sex gambling um drugs all those kind of things and it's basically no high is high enough because okay. your, your body yeah. is like, the only thing I can describe it as is feeling very, very drunk and having no inhibitions. That's how like hypermania feels. So mm. if you think something, you're probably going to say it because you've got no filter anymore. Um, you have an overinflated confidence, um, that kind of thing. If you go up to the, the more serious, the mm. actual mania, that's when people experience psychosis um either visual or audio um like psychosis so seeing things hearing things um quite often they can believe that the world's out to get them a lot of paranoia Mm -hmm. um I've met a lot of people bipolar who think that they're Jesus or think that they're carrying the Mm. next Jesus Mm. um they think that everybody's watching them so I had a friend that I met when I was um in hospital and he thought that the buttonhole was in his shirt um were filming people and he thought that he was on like a secret spy mission and he would like try and cover his buttons up if he was talking to you because he genuinely thought that and then in the reverse I've met somebody else who thought my buttonholes were Mm -hmm. filming him so he was like take your jacket off take your jacket off um it just has huge paranoia. Mm-hmm. For me, when I'm in a manic episode, I feel like I'm in a musical. Mm-hmm. So I feel like ev- like everything's a bit singy, mm-hmm. like, and music is sounds so much nicer, and mm-hmm. food smells better and tastes better, and like I miss feeling like that sometimes. I, I can't lie. It's although I know how how unhealthy it is to have that euphoria yeah very very hard to to live without that when it was something that I'd had for Mm -hmm. for so many years so that's kind of a a brief overview um 
I could talk about it for ages because there's so many different things, but they're the kind of main ones um, and the main symptoms that can come out that I think people don't necessarily always no. know about. I think they think you're either, oh, yes, I'm really depressed or Woohoo, I'm so happy. Yeah. You don't yeah. realise yeah. that the anger, the agitation, the, mm. all that kind of stuff can come with it because I didn't until I started mm. experiencing it. And then I was like, oh, OK, this is a whole new type of mania that I didn't know anything about. Mm-hmm. Like, So, yeah, it's it's complex. OK, no, um, you know, because basically more more that I wanted to talk about is about living with it, because, I, you know, I do understand that. You know, and if there's more we can do in, with another time, I think we do. We will do in a podcast about that bit depth. You can tell us a bit more. But I just, you know let's talk about you as a person like how do you yeah. you know living with that is a bit different to um I don't know you know I don't know if it's different you know some things we're I think even if you say we're normal I'm putting that in a bracket of normal yeah you know yeah. bracket or normal yeah. that some things we probably experience is the same as you but probably you're feeling on a higher level yeah then I'm feeling it say at a medium like I like this yeah. is right yeah. but you're like whoa this is like you're you know you're somewhere higher do you understand yeah, 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 like, yeah you know so what kind of like habits routine do you need to put into your life to help to help with this because this is a different as you just mentioned it's a bit like you it's a, you know my high is not as high as yours so you have yeah. to kind of manage yours a bit more more Rain it in. and your lows like a bit <laughs> And, and it's understand how I see it. You're telling me like it's really lower than mine. Mine's low, but low enough that like you know when people say just get over it. You're like you know like, you, you know when someone says oh yeah, you know what? If someone I mean, like, tells me just to get over it. Like, <laughs> yeah, and that's when your anger must kick in. But the point that you told yeah, me, then I'm like, like, I have any idea. <laughs> but you know, just, you know what I mean? Like, I can tell like okay, that's because the person doesn't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I I have to remind myself that it is. A very misunderstood illness so yeah yeah <laughs> in those in those kind of uh op- <coughs> like moments i tried to use it as an opportunity to educate people mm-hmm. rather than um like hate them which no, is educate my, me. So what educate i want me. to do um, educate me now i yeah. am you know use that moment i was saying that because like, you can get over you can get over this you know what i mean look at that for now and i'll bring you back to being nice to me <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna be like, I've just said them awful words. Don't hate you, my dear. Don't tell me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't mean, uh, but, you know, tell you know, tell me your life, what you do, what you gotta do, what what's happening you know, I I I would like to know. Yeah, no, definitely. Mm. I I mean, I remember the first conversation I had with my psychiatrist when he told me, Barry, you will be able to to live a normal life, but you're gonna have to have a routine. And I remember sitting there being like yeah right mate routine like Barry doesn't do routines yeah because I'm very scatterbrained I'm very all over the place and I'm just a bit of a free spirit like a bit Mm -hmm. of a probably should have been a hippie um (laughs) like there's still time you could travel the world if you want don't worry never say travel the world wear no shoes yeah like just yeah, just be free, no bra. Yeah. Like no bra, yeah, them yeah. kind of thing. Let it all go. <laughs> yeah. Oh, also, right. I don't, I don't change the subject, but it is that thing coming for work and the fast food. I don't know if everyone must do this because I'm a woman. It does, you know. When you got breath, you know. Oh, the fresh. Oh, bra is like the bra is literally swinging off the. Yeah. It's off by the time I've got from the front door to the lounge, yeah. it is done. Looking it over the banister, day is done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it was someone's like, oh, I'm going to come and visit. Oh, my God, I better put it back on, haven't I? Yeah. <laughs> well, you're, you're polite. You put it back on. I don't. I, I entered the door the other day to uh, my neighbour and I didn't have a, have a bra on it. It was quite cold and his face was a picture. I was like, oh, I'm really sorry. <laughs> 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 Trying to... Um, Cover, cover my, my modesty. I know. Oh, yeah, it's terrible time. The poor delivery people must have been to my that I've had deliveries over this time. I've opened the door, do you know what I mean? And oh, I know. No bra. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, what we're going to do, the shock of, like, she's, uh, uh, because uh, the fact yeah. that her eyes have gone straight down to the nipples. A face oh, yeah. You're like, ah! Is that for me? Yeah. <laughs> Is that my parcel? Thank you. Thank so yeah, we're totally digressing now. So yeah, but I'm just you know, 
it's, it's good. The go where the conversation goes. It is, but it's the true fact of we have to similar thing that does happen to that's what we do. Exactly. You know. Exactly. And like it's, I'm just like it's, that's how I feel like we sometimes like um, I know we've gone off to it, but a madness, but sometimes like there's things that we do that are all similar that we do. Take the get in brow off, like me, like brow off, uniform off, put jammers on. I'm fed up of wearing tight tights. Yeah. Tight, you know what I mean? Yeah. But then that's our routine that I've created too. Yeah, yeah. And that you is know, true. Thing. So for me, my routine has had to become way more structured than it was. So I try to have just the right amount of sleep. So not mm-hmm. too much, not too little. Because if I'm sleeping too much, I know I'm probably depressed. Okay. If I'm not sleeping at all, uh, if I'm not sleeping at all, I know I'm manic. Because mm-hmm. that's another um, symptom. Like you literally, it is like essentially you're on drugs because you just don't sleep. It's like mm-hmm. the same kind of chemicals are released. Wow. Okay. Um. So I monitor my sleep. Um. How much I'm sleeping. Um. I try wherever possible, even on the weekends, to get up and go to bed at a similar time. Mm-hmm. Um. Because then it's the same amount of sleep. Like that. That regulates it um for like work to have a set routine and to go out to work and to, to mm-hmm. do that is great so that's another reason why lockdown's been really difficult because working yeah. from home mm-hmm. I just don't have that I'm at home I'm at home I'm relaxing I'm doing my self-care I'm decompressing from the day and doing the things I need to do to get feel better or I'm in work I've got my game face on I'm getting on with it kind of thing you need um, I, like you need that separation like you yeah, know i mean we all like, need that separation right yeah we like, really do so many people are working from home and have struggled yeah but i think for somebody who lives with a um mental health condition we need the routine even more because mm. so much of like for me work has always been a comfort a comfort blanket coping mechanism because when I walk through that door and I'm like sat in front of a computer that's it I'm working I'm in work mode I can push all the thoughts out of my head I can get on Mm -hmm. I can help people I can have that job satisfaction I can feel a sense of worth um and I just don't get the same thing sitting in an office sitting at home as I do sitting in an office um so that's a huge part of my routine um I journal every day so Mm -hmm. I have like a brain dump of my thoughts Mm -hmm. if anyone reads it probably won't make any sense but just to get those thoughts out of my head and onto paper Mm -hmm. is a real way of one getting rid of them and two if I'm starting to feel like oh I felt depressed for a while I can look back and see how long I've been writing about those kind Mm -hmm. of feelings and then know if I need to maybe contact the doctor have a little tweak of my meds or need to have some extra sleep or need to you know review my routine take it back to basics maybe and take away a lot of distractions just for a couple of days to try and like recoup Mm -hmm. um what else else in my routine exercise again it was not something I wanted to accept that I had to exercise because it didn't come naturally to me my joke always is I'm built for comfort not speed so hey, go, hey, that's it. Going for a run, all of that. I just wasn't about that life, but I had to I had to mm. learn because okay. I needed that physical way to get the uncomfortable mm. emotions out. And it works. Like sometimes I am feeling the most horrible things. And I can't talk to anyone about it. But if I go for a run or go to the gym or do something, that brings it to the surface and gives me that release mm-hmm. um, and makes me physically tired as well. So mm. it helps with the sleep side of things. And then also just making sure I check in with myself and mm. have friends or family members that are essentially like carers. So I check in with them and let them know how I'm really really feeling even if it's just like one word two words if they know that you're not allowed to do that word thing fine then because they're like 
extend that from foreign because that means nothing because it is it does mean you know yeah. you know when someone like says to me how are you I do go yeah I'm good or sometimes I go good but and then the emoji kicks in and then like she's not oh yeah happy. does that make sense yeah. it's like I don't want to say fine because that doesn't mean that doesn't think if I go well it doesn't it, really it doesn't really tell you anything no. does it it's- so when I do that I'm okay and if the okay is longer than before they're like yeah you're not fine I was like oh yeah. that's good because they're just it's a check-in you need that yeah and it's so important just that check and then and then after that it's my choice if I tell them always is like do you want to go for a walk or do you need a, and then you could yeah I need a walk yeah and it's obviously my routines had to drastically change in lockdown mm. because so many like well the gyms are closed for a start so I had to start running and I hated it to start off with but now mm. I love it now I think running will be part of my like normal routine mm. but I never thought I'd be a runner never in a million years I'll be like oh hell no mm. um but I also like I'm, I joined a choir because a it gave choir? me. A, Fantastic. Yeah. I'm in two choirs actually. Um, so I'm in a gospel choir, um, a gospel vocal harmony group, and I'm in a community choir. Mm. So I did do- both of those two things because I just thought, do you know what? What? Why is when we turn to be adults, do we stop doing the things that we loved as kids? Like, why do we stop? Like, I stopped performing I, as soon as I like. I left college where I did performance yeah. art and then I went to go and work at Botlins. I was a red coat and mm. like did the whole singy dancey mm. kid, like looking after kids thing. And then when I got a real job, quote unquote real job. What was that? I, um, yeah, sorry. Hang on. Hang on. <laughs> Still working as a red coat is a real job. Oh, <laughs> but yeah. I think it's because <laughs> I love the word it, a real job. You went from dancing on the stage of saying to a little room with an office and computer screen, isn't it? Sad times. Like yeah. if I could if I could afford to live to be live and be a red coat forever, I'd still be up there like doing the trash <sighs> slide and the Macarena every day, trust yeah. me. Um so when I, you know, sold my soul to the devil and jumped in the system and worked in an office um at like 20, I stopped doing all those things I stopped singing I stopped dancing I stopped like writing my poetry and so again when I got my diagnosis I was like what things really make you happy doesn't mm-hmm. care if anyone else does them doesn't matter like how silly or how old if you feel too old to do them you know too old exactly so yeah I joined a choir and that was a huge part of my routine because I knew that every Wednesday I would go, I would see my my friends from choir, we would sing, we would like do something mm-hmm. that I loved. I felt like a part of the community and that was a huge, a huge part of my routine. Mm. Then from that choir, I got asked to join another choir, the Gospel Vocal Harmony Group. So then I met with them and that was another mm-hmm. thing. So it was just making sure. And that's again, just being accountable to people because if I didn't go to a choir on a Wednesday, someone would have texted me and been like, Barry, why are you not a choir? Mm. And then that could have been like yeah. opened up the conversation. So it's just not isolating yourself. Mm. I think it's a it's so important if you're trying to live with a mental health condition. It's about being honest mm-hmm. and telling people that that's what you live with. And you'd be surprised. I have very few people less than a handful probably ever of people that have greeted it with any form of negativity mm. most people want to support and will ask you you know what can I do to support you or if people haven't heard from me for a while or if I haven't posted on my Instagram for a while mm-hmm. people will message me and be like oh very we haven't seen your face for a while like is everything okay and I think if you're open about it and you you know, create your little mm. tribe of people, however big or small, like mine's massive now because I talk about it on the internet all the time, mm. but you don't, that doesn't need to be your story. It just needs to be that you have one or two people that know that you struggle, know how you struggle and you have a, a frank conversation with them yeah. as to how they can help you. Mm. Cause that's one of the main questions that people ask me like, Oh, my so-and-so's got so-and-so, how do I speak to them? And I'm like, well, I'm not your daughter or your boyfriend or, you know, whoever the Mm. person is. One, you know them, you know how your relationship dynamic is with them. And two, just because they've got mental illness doesn't mean that they've lost their identity. Mm. Ask them how they want to be supported. 
Yeah, that's it though, isn't it? The key is that. Yeah, because we all want to be supported in a different way. Mm. I'm a person that in the in the depths of it, when I'm really bad, I find it very difficult to be around other people. Mm-hmm. So I need maybe a day or two where I can go to ground, don't really speak to anyone, process it myself. Because the more I talk about it, the more I work myself into a frenzy and it escalates and escalates and escalates because I'm talking about mm-hmm. it. Um, but then I know, like, I've got another friend with bipolar that she needs to talk about it. Yeah, the, yeah, the opposite. Like, well, that's what I was thinking too. So, like, some people the other way around, they're like, actually, I need, I need to pop around, sit down and just let me tell you everything and just... Get me- it out and then that's yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but for me, if I get it out, it's almost like I've put it out there and then I can feel it, like physically feel it like bubbling from my toes and I get more angry and mm. it like builds up and then it becomes too much it's a a whirlwind of emotion that I just really can't control so um I just think it this is why it's so important to have these conversations and this is why like I'm always trying to be on podcasts and stuff because so many people um deal with like mental illness mm. And then even the ones that don't probably know someone that does. Mm. And everybody, whether they like it or not, has a brain. So you have mental health, whether Mm. you are sometimes mentally unwell or not. Obviously, Mm. you may be one of the lucky people that never experiences it. But it's we're all on a spectrum of it somewhere because we've all got a brain. So Mm. therefore, you know, you can become unwell because of it. So why don't we have these frank conversations more Mm. we're better than we used to be certainly but yeah I don't I think there's still a long way to go especially when Mm. it comes to more complex diagnoses definitely I I think I agree with you definitely on that and I think the main bit is that people should know that that do have a mental illness that they can go to it they can have once again brackets normal life (laughs) yeah yeah definitely you know I mean you just got to adapt it for you but that's what we have to do generally anyway don't we even if you have a physical disability so yeah. like, you have to adapt to the new way things are that you find out yeah. so like you know I'm not be able to walk up them stairs like I used to then I have to adapt to something yeah you know or even um, like a woman when she becomes a mother like you might have to adapt the way that you're you're working hours or mm. like the type of work that you do or mm-hmm. whatever like we're not and like we're not the person we are when we're born is not the person that we are when we die and we all go through these different chapters yeah. and evolve and all of those different periods of evolution are gonna take or give different things to us and mm-hmm. our life needs to be able to be fluid in those ways mm-hmm. and I think there's so much that what that people don't want to talk about we all like we all go through a hell of a lot of crap in our lives but it's almost like people don't want to talk about the crap they only want to be like oh yes I bought a new car and I'm like, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, my, yeah. My, my, oh I've got a new job I'm on thousand pounds a year now don't you know yeah. they won't talk about the fact yeah. that they've lost their job or that the bailiffs are at the door or that their their wives cheating on them with the postman like <laughs> Like, whatever. <laughs> I don't oh, yeah, know. Yeah, this has been a milk moment. We don't have any of those anymore. So, yeah, it's true. Exactly. So, the postman, you know, we were talking yeah, about him. It's true. It's true. Like, having a look. Mr. Hermes delivery man from all my Amazon deliverers. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> my Amazon deliverers. Yeah. I have In stopped. my old house, my um, my delivery man was quite hot, but I've moved house now and the new oh, one. Okay. I'm a bit disappointed. Have you? Sad, sad times. That is sad times. Sometimes we need little things just to keep us I going. Know, oh, little, I was always here. Quick, quick. Put my little gloss on. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the wrong shorts. Sorry. <laughs> the dog. Yeah. Oh, no, you just caught me hoovering in my shorts. Yeah. I always walk around the house in these butter riders. <laughs> yes, I love it. Oh, yes, we've got to do this. Fantastic stuff. Okay, so, like, you know... Is there any like, like good books that people can kind of get? Um, I don't know some advice from or where to go. A main thing is as well is that like because we've talked about mental health and we talked about it. You always um, there is always helplines out there, isn't there? There's lots of help. Yeah. Genuinely, professionally help out there because it's very difficult times, you know. Yeah. And if you and I just want to say, if anyone's been triggered from listening to this, please go and seek 
go and speak to your GP. Yeah. Um, there is helplines as well, like Samaritans are around. And if you're a young person, they've got the child, child line is still around, the things like that that you can speak yeah. to please go and speak to someone or just go and speak to anyone in your family as well. And yeah. if you're not, if, you're, if you just need, because um, if this is, has triggered you, go and speak to someone. That's one advice. That we yeah, no, definitely. Do you know what I mean? But is there any good books though to, that, you've been, that you've read? Is there any good books you've been reading that's pretty like, it's kind of helped as well? At all? Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, I am, I'm a real reader. So there's, a book by an author called Glennon Doyle called Untamed. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just about being your unapologetic, unapologetic self, essentially. So it's not really a mental health specific one. Um, but that's... That, that's it doesn't be about mental health. It can be just books that you've read that yeah. are suitable. Because, like, you know, some books that people... We may read a book that inspires us. It's completely opposite that's yeah. the kind of life you know? yeah no definitely because sometimes you might just be like yeah I don't, I don't want to be like that yeah. but that's yeah. inspired me to not be like that uh, so that's a good one and um, Ruby Wax has got some great books out I've just finished one called How to Be Human which is really good I'd okay. recommend that and um, the Fern Cotton books are amazing um Happy Calm mm-hmm. and there's a third one that she's just brought out about finding your voice. I haven't actually read that, but I've okay. heard it's great. Mm. Um, there's so many self-help books out there. Um, mm. They're ones that have particularly stood out to me. And I, I have copies and I go back, like Untamed, I'll go back Brilliant. and read again. Mm. Um, there's one called The Power of Positive Thinking, which is a really, really old one. Mm-hmm. Um, like my granddad read it, my dad read it, and then like <laughs> it was given to me. Mm. But it's still, it's just about how, and I think everybody's heard it now, but how your thoughts will reflect like reflect your reality to a certain degree mm-hmm. now I'm not saying if you think I'm going to be happy you're going to wake up tomorrow and be happy but there definitely is a mindset thing mm-hmm. like where I do make a conscious choice not to let my illness define me and to try and push through the episodes and push mm-hmm. through whatever and re- yeah. remind myself that they will pass they will pass mm-hmm. and I think a lot of that stemmed from reading that book and realizing that not every thought we believe is true like not mm-hmm. everything is fact so power of positive thinking is definitely like a really powerful one mm-hmm. that I think if you're struggling with your thoughts and intrusive thoughts that's a mm-hmm. really good one to okay. start with mm-hmm. fantastic so <clears throat> Mandy likes her handbags and I in my handbag we have everything in there yeah well, you know like everything pants I always bring pants up in mine but I do have pants People like, well, well, you I'm, never know when you might need a spare pair of pants. Come on, you know, us women go through the month phases, like not. Exactly, exactly. You know, stuff like that. And books and baby wipes and all this stuff. And then, like, as I said, like, another thing is that we carry, and I hate you carry a handbag of life, I believe. Mine doesn't care about a handbag of life. Oh, I love bag. that analogy. <laughs> in my bag. I I'm have feeling it. Things that I pull out that I that I put in that I feel is useful that someone's giving me, and I pull it out to somebody else that they may be able to use. What tip or quote do you think I should fit into my little bag? Oh, oh, that's a tough one. I would probably say what I just said, which is thoughts are thoughts not facts okay I think that's, there we go that's, yeah. a, that's a powerful mm-hmm. one and another one which is like I have to to draw on a lot of the time is nothing lasts forever this too mm-hmm. will pass mm-hmm. because when I'm in an episode like where I'm depressed or if I'm manic and I'm just really uncomfortable mm-hmm. sitting with these feelings I have to kind of repeat that as like a mantra mm-hmm. because it's like when you have a cold right I always use this analogy when you've got a cold you genuinely feel like you're never going to breathe again properly you can't taste your food everything feels horrible you're Mm. like oh that's horrible I want to die like and it's only a cold Mm. and you know that you're going to feel better in a few days but you feel horrible in the moment so I just kind of like in my like depressive periods like that like everything feels horrendous but nothing lasts forever this this too shall pass and like you will come out the other side of it and no matter what you're going through, 
better days are coming like and I think that's a good mantra to have like okay probably everyone needs that that one right now because lockdown's been what 37 million years now (laughs) it's not been so many years it's been very short but it's temporary and I know you're gonna hate me saying it but it's true this is temporary and then people's like yeah but it's been a year it's two years but it's still temporary against this could yeah. have been longer. So you have to look yeah, at it. No, it's true. And you temporary. do, you do have to remind yourself of that. Yeah. It's a temporary moment, you know? Yeah. And in our long lives as well, like it's one, one year in our one or two, it's going to be one or two years. Okay. We're going through the process with the, with the vaccines. We are the process of, do you know what I mean? Understanding the new world that we're going to be coming back into. Yeah. The world's not going to be the same no. as what the world has been. You know, we know that already and we have to be prepared for that as yeah, You know yeah. what I mean? As well. Like it's all going to be a little bit different to what it was, but no floating cars yet though. That's what I'm disappointed about. No, no, like hovercraft cars. Yeah, none of those. Remember they had them when I was a kid. Back to the future. Them. Is that yeah. what it's in Back to the future? Yeah. Yeah, you know, and it's, no, nothing like that. What's, you know, it's disappointing. And we still can't like, be like, oh yeah, that's my dream man. Like, we yeah. still I was watching, I was watching this um, show on uh, Amazon Prime the other day and it was about like, it was obviously all like science yeah. fiction or whatever, but it was like you could go and have this specific DNA test and it told you who your like spouse was. Wow. And it was like saying about, you know, some people were married and then they went and took the tests and realized they weren't each other's soulmates. So even though they'd been married for 20 years, and every episode was like based on a different couple. And wow. I was like, imagine if that was a thing. Imagine if you could just go and have a brain scan and they'd be like, right, your perfect husband lives in Argentina. And, the, you know, here's his details. And then there you go. That's it. None of this Tinder, Hinge, whatever. Like, yeah. none of this wasting time dating, dating waste men. I'd just be sorted. I'd just, you know. I know. But would that take the fun out of it all? Yes. It, that's the thing it would do, though, isn't it? It's... it's um you know yeah you, you gotta go through them it's temporary remember it's still a temporary it stuff but experience but to be fair as much as you know i've loved some idiots i had good memories with them too you know so. what i mean yeah so that's and the they've helped like... they've helped me become the woman i am now because every experience we go go through does right so yeah, yeah. i don't i don't hate any anyone in my past even the horrible ones so you know oh fantastic wouldn't change it you know, it's been a, such a pleasure to have you on my podcast today. Oh, and thank you. I would you. like to welcome you back at some time, some point soon as well. But yeah, definitely. It's been such a pleasure. Thank you, thank you for so much for being on. A big thank you to my audience and to my listeners for listening. It's been a pleasure with you coming in, joining into Maddie's chat show. I do hope you found it useful. As I want to say again to you, if this has triggered you in any way, please go and seek some help. Go and speak to somebody um as i said there's lots of support and out there and stuff anything please go and get it um please look please look after yourself keep safe and that's all and i want you all to be bold to be you thank you very much thanks for having me on take care